Winners is drugs. Yeah, homeless people like don't ask me for money. Mm, yeah, same, same. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I don't. Because yeah. yeah, like I'm a very. If I have money, I'll generally give it to somebody. I don't have any qualms around like, is this being is this drugs? Oh, yeah. Right. I don't give a shit. Like it's like this is just where their life's at. Whether I give them money or don't give them money. It, that might be like I wonder if that's a just a stereotype thing like they look at young white males and say well that's just not a fruitful area for me to spend my energy right i know but according to everyone else we have all the money so well true but we probably well i think we talked about this before it's like i don't carry cash anymore so even if i want to give Mm -hmm. someone money unless they're pulling out like a venmo i don't even know if we have venmo in in canada but Unless they're doing something like that, I can't even give them money. Right. So they're probably targeting... People they know that actually hold. Yeah, like older women who still carry change, who are going to be nice to them and stuff like that, right? You're actually blowing my mind right now because... Yeah, every fucking girl I know still uses cash and change. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? There's this thing you just tap and it's amazing. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Did I, okay, did I bring up my Superstore beggar story on this podcast? At all? I don't recall. Okay, anyways, I've, I had some clarity thanks to someone else because um, I didn't really know how it goes. But anyways, I, I would like, I was shopping at Superstore and I came out and like there's this really long left turn. Anyways, this woman was like begging for money. It said something like, I have three kids. Uh, I need money for food. Okay. Yeah. Um, she was a Muslim woman and like, yeah, I, I gave her like she, so it was weird because like I rolled down the window and I was like, do you need money? And she like, didn't respond or anything. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, maybe she just doesn't know English or something. And so I was like, I just like held up money and she came over and she just, like took it and like continued down the line. Yeah. And like, that's when I got in my head of like this, like weird, like it always takes me a moment not to take it personally. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like, it's like, you don't, you don't deserve a thank you. This person doesn't care. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like, that's not why, that's not why you give people money. You don't give people money for the thank you. Uh, it's nice to get, I don't know. No, it's nice to get, but like yeah. you should just be giving the money because this person needs the money. It shouldn't be about you at all. But I mean, I don't, I don't really understand that perspective, right? I, I always hear that a lot, right? When it comes to charity, it's like, don't give charity for, to make yourself feel good. Right. Cause that's just a selfish act. Right. And it's like, who cares if it's a selfish act, you're giving the charity money. It's a, there, nobody can, like if if I if I walk up to, and I think I've brought this up before, but if I walk up to a homeless person and say, "Listen, I have five dollars here, I would give this to you, but unfortunately, it would make me feel t- 
too good to get i would feel too mm-hmm. nice about myself mm-hmm. and i don't it's too egotistical so i'm just going to keep the five they're going to be like fuck you feel however you want i want that five bucks right no i i understand that i'm just saying when you don't get it to check your own ego like i had to i had to check my own ego in the moment not yeah. to be mad like to not be like that fucking asshole like i wish i didn't give them money it's like no you you do wish you gave them money. like i like i still did want her to have money right yeah yeah and so anyway she went to the guy but i gave her i don't know it was like 20 or i i would i never have cash so right. i think i just had cash for like a haircut or something yeah and like you know so i gave her this money and she went to the next person and like we were driving away and like this hot dog vendor guy was buying. He's like, Hey man, you're a good guy. You're a good guy. <laughs> right. So like I got it from the universe eventually, there just not from her. But anyways, later talking to a friend, um, she pointed out that like, this is a common thing. Like if the guy, like if a immigrant family comes here and the guy can't get work or like, doesn't like, doesn't like his job and i've met now met a couple syrian families that were like this like they didn't ask to come here yeah and like the guy just doesn't want to work or whatever and so it's like cultural that they like send the wife out to go beg for money and shit so like that's why she was likely out there not and that's why her like everything clicked to me like why her facial expression why she was like mad the whole time yeah and stuff like that it's like because she didn't want to be out there she wasn't begging for herself do you know what i mean yeah yeah it it all became super apparent to me that like oh this is how you guys are like subsisting now yeah i think i think the the critical thing in that situation is I, i mean i would get mad if if a beggar didn't at least say thank you but with what i would tr- try very hard to do is not to use that circumstance to inform my interactions with homeless people going forward, right? right? Like as soon as I say, well, homeless people are so ungrateful, I'm not going to give them money anymore, yeah. right? That's when you're you're having a problem, yeah. right? Or, or even like in your, your situation, right, where we're looking at, say, Syrian refugees. It's like, do we use that circumstance to apply broadly to the Syrian refugees? Do, or is this something that they're doing um, frequently or is there a large percentage of them doing it? That's the kind mm-hmm. of questions that come into my mind and it's like maybe I shouldn't be thinking that in this particular moment. I don't know. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, the, the I, informing your future decisions. Yeah. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but like, Back when I lived out of a backpack and just had a sleeping bag, that was my only possession. I like yeah. crashed at people's houses. I was basically homeless. I didn't pay rent anywhere. Yeah. Um, I gave this sleeping bag to a guy that was begging outside of Safeway because mm. it was like minus 30 or something. And like, I think it was a day later or two days later, I was walking down White Ave and like I saw him drinking at a bar and he was all cleaned up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I was so like mad. I was so mad. Like yeah, I, yeah. I didn't confront him. Now me would definitely confront him. But like, I just remember being like, 
I felt so stupid. I was like, how did you fall for this dude's ruse? Like, he's clearly one of these dudes that actually has a nice apartment, actually has a BMW, whatever. But he yeah. thinks it's, like, fun to go do or, like, that's how he actually makes a lot of money because he knows whatever. But I was like, I gave him my last possession. Like, mm-hmm. I had to borrow blankets after that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like that easily could have meant I'm never going to do anything for a homeless person again. And right. some people do use those as excuses, right? Something bad happens. Now I'll never treat that group of people the same. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, I, I would use that as an excuse. But I, I'm, for me, it wouldn't be about like, oh, homeless people are all scammers. It's more about the whole transaction between someone begging for money and someone giving the money is too chaotic it's too unstructured right it's it's not getting to the systemic root of the problem mm-hmm. right it's a band-aid that isn't helping as much as we think it is right i think it's like if we want to be serious about homelessness we have to ask like deeper more difficult questions about what's causing it, why does this happen, and how can we fix it, mm. right? See, and I, th- I think the answers are all there. I just think people choose not to implement any of them. Well, Because like, so, it costs money. Well, what's an example? Like, what can we do? Well, like, they, they've done study after study that just giving people housing yeah, makes yeah. a massive difference because it causes people to think, in a bigger picture way. So like Mm -hmm. when you're begging and you're on the street, your goal is to wake up tomorrow and make more money. But like you're not, that money's not building. Like it's not going to, like you're not, it's not satisfying that like human thing to build and like to achieve and whatever. Yeah. When you have your own house, suddenly you're like, ah, I need to, I need to get a chair. Mm -hmm. I need to work on getting a chair or I need to, you know, get cups or Whatever the fuck, it gets you thinking in a different way and more of an, an, an like a... Yeah, and, and the thing with providing housing for homeless people is I'm sure you could find some study out there that shows it's probably cheaper. It is cheaper. Compared to us, you know, dealing with the homelessness as a Band-Aid solution, it's probably cheaper for us to just give them homes. And the reason why we don't do it is not because we don't want to spend the money is because we don't want somebody to get something that we're not getting mm-hmm. right it feels unfair mm-hmm. it's like oh i had to work for my house this person gets a house for free mm-hmm. that's bullshit right that's the pro that's the real problem and it's also the like even though you put the cost like you explain it's cheaper to give people houses rather than have homeless people come into the ER during winter. Yeah. Right. For a lot of people, it just like, it can't, it's just like, well, they shouldn't be going to the ER. It's like, Mm -hmm. right. Shut up. Shut your fucking mouth. It's not about that. It's about what's going to cost society less. You stupid asshole. Like just give them a fucking home. And like, then hopefully you, we all would also have services that are like, you have home visits, like, of you know social yeah. workers or whatever giving the person you know here's where you go to get free clothes here's where you go to get free food here's where you go to get whatever right because if you have a home you can go to the food bank you can bring food home have it in a place that no one's going to steal from you you don't have to have that mindset of like 
constantly fear, right? Physical yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah, that to me that the the housing the homeless and coupled with mental health, free mental health care. But like our our mental health care isn't that much better than the states, honestly. From oh, absolutely. Because like yeah. like most people in their work that say they get like six sessions a year. It's like yeah. what the fuck are you gonna do with six sessions a year? Right. Pointless. Yeah, like get maybe maybe psychedelics would be better if that's yeah. you get six se- sessions make it a psychedelic yeah. session then i'll believe it works yeah totally no i i agree that we've talked about homeless before and and i i will say again that my problem is i don't i just don't want to walk through somebody's living space mm-hmm. right i hate walking down the street and there's five people just sitting on a, a bus bench, right? Mm-hmm. And and just living their lives out in the open. And it's awkward for me to pass through that mm-hmm. because it's I'm passing through their space and they're bothered. They're probably, I mean, they're probably not that bothered by it, but my mind can't get over the idea that like I'm walking through essentially what is somebody's living room, mm-hmm. right? And I want to, them to just get put somewhere else. Yeah. Obviously, I want them to have a better life. If we can do both, great, right? But that's the thing. It is a better life because they actually have privacy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like basic human needs that are not being met when you're homeless, right? Like mm-hmm. more so than just the fact of, yeah. I mean, this is all like everybody already knows this shit. How do we actually change it? One of us runs for politics. Will we? No. No, that's true. We're not fucking morons. <laughs> and you have to be a glad handing moron to want to run for politics. Yeah, but if you if if you do run for office and you get it and you try to implement one of these things, you're gonna have a bunch of people who are just like, Oh, free handouts for the poor based on our hard earned tax dollars, get out of here, right? Yeah, and I'll be like Please see Jim's charts. I got him to go over all the fucking financials. Here's how it's 90% cheaper. This is the hotel. And like, you you know. Yeah, but. It, I, I know. Mean, it comes down to the people. Who, well, I don't want that in my neighborhood. It's like, oh my God. Okay. Right. And I, and here's the thing. I actually understand. Like, I used to always mock people like that. That were like, I don't want this halfway house. I don't want this whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's like, after people tried to break into my parents' house. I was like, this is almost certainly the people across the street from the halfway. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody in that house was like scoping my parents' house. So like, yeah, it's, I get why people, what what do we do about that? Like, where do we put groups of people that we, the undesirables as people say? Yeah. And that's always, that's always like a, a tension I have around these kind of people is cause like on one hand, we want to look for systemic society-based problems that is causing it. But on the other hand, we have to give, we have to understand that these people are humans with agency. They make decisions and their decisions have led them down this path, right? As much as it is a social problem, it is also an individual problem as well, right? You as an individual, had you made certain different decisions, Mm -hmm could very well be one of those people, right? And it's like, why aren't you? What were the decisions that you made that stopped you from being? I didn't make any decisions, but I would also argue that people don't become homeless 
always because of their decisions. Sometimes it is like crazy life shit happens. And then suddenly it's like, how the fuck did we get here? Yeah. And then you you get, you get your worldview gets so myopic that you start thinking like in this different way where it's like, you're no longer still like, you know, the guy that's been on the street for five years, I don't think he's like really up on what the programs are that are available to him now to help him get off. Like, I don't think he's still checking into that. He's more like, I got to go check if Tony stole my bottles today. Yes, true. But I think that the, um, the number of people who are homeless that were are there strictly because of happenstance that they never they never made a wrong decision it just they had the super unlucky draw mm-hmm. i think that's a very small majority of people but i would have been one of those people without family that had money and were willing to support me right but so you, that's not a decision i made true you so maybe super mentally ill maybe you got lucky because um, you had a, a decent support structure to keep you from falling through the cracks, but, but falling through the cracks would have been based on decisions you've, you've made throughout your life. If, if that was where you ended up, right? I would I would argue there was no decisions made there though. Well, I think that's, I mean, like it's I, hard I, to I didn't, prove, well, I didn't, I didn't decide on my family. I didn't decide on, fr- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah but i i would say like even something like depression Mm -hmm. is it is based on our decisions like we we wake up one day and we have we have the choice to feel happy or to feel sad and then we choose to feel sad and then over time we keep making that choice to the point that we dig this deep groove in our brain and suddenly now it no longer feels like in our control Right. Mm-hmm. But at some point way back in the past, it was in our control. We did have the option to reframe our emotions in a healthier way. And we just made the wrong choice. Right. But again, I don't think we made the wrong choice. We didn't mm-hmm. know there was a choice being made. Uh, oh, absolutely. So it's absolutely. like this, it's like this serotonin syndrome thing, right? Like I, even today I'm still like just seeking quick hits of dopamine right yeah dating apps or go go get drunk or go get high like i don't know when that's gonna level off right i mean so it's like i don't think i don't think there's a decision i'm making to be sad i i I get that but it's it's i mean to not if you go keep going deeper and deeper and deeper you just get into a point where we're just deterministic machines with no free will whatsoever and none of our choices are actual choices right Mm -hmm. that's not i don't i don't want to go to that level but what i'm saying is choices whatever a choice is in the framework of the human experience that choice is being made when you have someone who's homeless they are making choices that have put them in that circumstance and are keeping them in that circumstance and we have to understand that because it's going to still be a factor even if we give them a house, even if we mm-hmm. give them resources to try to clean it up. We still have to know that this person is making choices that are causing them problems, right? Right, but I don't, I don't think it's 
I don't think it's choices that got them there necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I just don't, I just, I just think there's a lot of re- like, you know, is it a person's like, so a person that would otherwise, uh, you know, be fully capable of working if it just was like less than 20 hours a week, but they can't find that job. Everything else is too stressful. Yeah. Right. What's that person supposed to do to not be homeless? Yeah. Well, I mean, like their brain can't take on the compass, you know? Yeah. But it, I think it's like, I, I don't know. I, I guess there are some people in our society that they are, incapable of participating in the economy because of of their capacities as a person Mm -hmm. right i'm not saying those people don't exist i'm just saying that they're not the sum total of the homeless population for sure they're only a percentage and i think it's a small percentage oh i disagree i think mental illness is like the number one reason people are there yeah but mental illness isn't always completely outside of your control Right. But I think a lot of people don't like, so for my, I'll I'll speak for myself. I didn't know how mentally ill I was until I was like 32. So I think a lot of people don't know, like, cause it's like, that's the only reality you've had. Yeah. 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 So what feels normal to you, like is the normal. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think probably where we are, probably the, the reason why we're not just straight agreeing with each other is because when, when I say choices, you're thinking of like sort of a, a moral connotation to it to say, Oh, this, this person is here because of their own, it's their fault. Yeah. It, it's, it's I'm not, re- I'm not, it, it sounds like that Republican. Yeah. Shit. Like, and, and I get that that's kind of what I'm saying, but I'm not trying to take a moral judgment here. I'm just saying we have to consider the human variable when we talk about how to deal with homeless people, Mm -hmm. we have to understand that these people have more control over their situation than we think they do. And probably they think they do Mm -hmm. too. Like you're saying, people just don't know that how to fix themselves. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that they are on a daily basis operating in patterns of behavior that are keeping them in in their situation and only they can choose to to change that right oh for sure i i also think like the the getting your own house thing allows that to kind of like the space to actually do that because otherwise you're in fight or flight true true like fight or flight does not allow for decision making very well yeah do you know what i mean like so it's like that's why you often see people just make like you're just like this is such a bad decision but like you know it's a bad decision like you know like for like someone getting mad at a bar right yeah. so like you're you're drunk or whatever and you start ah, i don't know if this is the best example but like some situation of fight or flight where you're making the decision like, Oh, I'm going to hit this guy in the face. You're not thinking I'm going to go to jail or I might kill this guy or I'm going to go to jail. This is going to ruin my next few. Like it's like your, your, your decision-making is so in the moment. And that's what I think getting housing allows you to think more broad, like more broadly outside of the 
fight or flight kind of view. Yeah, and I understand that, but it's also a case of like, why do we, why do why do we get to a point where we end up lashing out in a moment, right? Because mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't see myself ever in that circumstance, mm-hmm. right? Like my my anger just doesn't operate that way. Like I would never, I w- I would get physical if I perceived a physical threat to me or someone that I was responsible for protecting. Mm -hmm. Right. But I wouldn't ever just lose control of myself in blind rage. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder like, why do some people do that? And I think it's like over the course of their life, they're giving into their anger when other people aren't right. Mm -hmm. They're building that those structures in their brain so they get to a point where there it's just so natural and instinctive for them to just give in to the anger. For sure. Right. Yeah, no, there's for sure truth to that. I, I also think though, like I've been thinking a lot about just brain chemicals in general. I think they like, we're going to find out they dictate more of how shit operates than anybody thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Like in any, you know, like once we're being tracked to like, you know, by the decimal, all our shit, like on some weird future spreadsheet that's on your phone or whatever. Yeah. And you can like gauge your levels in real time. I think that we're going to find out like, oh, this is why this person crashed the car because they were, you know, in this state or this totally. is why you cursed your mom out the other day because you, you know, you were low on whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one of the biggest insights that I've ever gotten from taking recreational drugs was just how much of my perspective is influenced by the chemicals in my brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause like I can take, for example, a benzodiazepine, right? Like I can think about something going on in my life or, th- or think about something that's coming up normally and just feel so vastly different about it than I would if I took a benzodiazepine and thought about that same thing. Suddenly it doesn't seem such uh, a are, difficult thing to think about, right? Are benzos the, are those the ones that are like thought, like blocking? Uh, well, it's like Ativan or Xanax. Or, oh, okay. So they're anti-anxiety meds. I'm um, surprised I never got addicted to Ativan, honestly. Yeah, it's, I mean, I Pretty definitely could. If, if I didn't realize just how dangerous they are to take long-term. Um, I could definitely get addicted to those things. Cause they, like I have a lot of anxiety, right? That's a, mm-hmm. a struggle for me. They just completely kill anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just shows. Cause like when I'm, when I am anxious, it, in my mind, I'm completely rational, right? I'm thinking about this thing and the reasons why I'm worried about it are all based on, my critical reasoning skills, but then all of a sudden you add an additional chemical in there and I can rethink about that same thing and I'm not no longer worried. So it can't be rational. Right. And that, that's how I feel when my brain is on alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, holy shit. Like I can be a completely different person Mm -hmm. that doesn't Mm -hmm. worry about shit just by drinking like this is by the way nac greatest thing ever oh yeah but also the worst thing ever 
which is why like I'm I'm thinking back to our our uh, conversation about like addiction how you were like I don't think you would have got addicted to weed if you did did my regimen or whatever. Oh yeah. Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. So this alcohol thing, I'm definitely having to the first time ever kind of monitor why I'm why I'm wanting to go drink or why I want to drink stuff like that because yeah. I can see it becoming like smoking or anything else where it was like a Oh, I just do it on a Friday, Saturday. Oh, I just do it, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, Saturday, Monday. What? What the yeah, hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want it to become like a daily thing just because it feels like that's my most normal self. I think I think that's like the definition of alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, if you use NAC to to like develop an, an alcohol addiction mm-hmm. you're actually going to do much worse damage to yourself than if you just were an alcoholic oh really yeah why yeah. what does nac do people were asking me about that i forgot uh i mean nac is mostly okay but if you're taking it regularly then you run into problems with like messing up your um sort of your body's antioxidant system mm. so like uh NAC is primarily an antioxidant. Um, it does other things as well. Um, but what people are finding is the body tightly, very tightly regulates. It's how it deals with ox- reactive oxygen species, it's called, and using antioxidants like glutathione to deal with that. Mm. It's a very regulated system. So if you start adding a chemical repeatedly and regularly, mm-hmm. you're throwing that off balance. Right. Right. I'm thinking back to our homelessness thing. Mm. So I've, I'm obsessed again with the idea of being homeless. It's happened a few times in life. I'm like, I'm really fucking there in some sense. Oh yeah. Like I hate being around cars, right? Like I hate right. living here. I hate not being able to sleep when I want to sleep. So like I have this like super romanticized fantasy that I'll just be able to drive off find crown land mm-hmm. and start like doing alone, you know, like yeah, show yeah. alone and just come back whenever I want to like, kind of, I don't know, re up on stuff. Well, why can't you do that? <sighs> because it's possible. It's a slippery slope. Cause I, I don't want to, part of me doesn't want to pay rent anymore. Like I just, I don't, I don't like this subsisting. Like I, it doesn't work for me. Like I know, I know Republicans and other conservatives think it's like a bunch of people that love living off welfare and this is the greatest life of all time. But if you do it, it's, it's fucking awful. And so I I'm trying to think like, what, what do I want out of life? It's not city life. It's just, it's just not, I want to, I want to go do shit. I want to not be, I don't want to have to deal with other people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sick of having to like negotiate life based on other people. Yeah. I feel you. Like Man. I would like to be able to go to bed at 3am if I want to, but I can't because fuck face is going to wake up at 6am with his car. You right. Know what I mean, right. So, and like, I'm going to get dysregulated cause I can't sleep. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Part I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like, why did I buy so many fucking plants? I would have already done this. <laughs> if I didn't well, own fuck the plants. <laughs> thousands of plants. Well, no, but I'm so frugal. I always think about money. I'm always like, this was so much money. You have a 
a, a few thousand dollars worth of plants here. If you someone could. someone said the other day though, they were like, <laughs> "It looks like you don't have any plants anymore." And I was like, "It's because I've stopped buying mm. like five new ones a week, <laughs> to, you yeah. know, to replace the dead and dying ones." And now I'm actually getting rid of dead ones. Okay, but here back to the homelessness thing. The mm-hmm. the the reason I don't go try it or don't do it is because everyone in my life is super worried about me doing it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're worried I am going to like it. And like, so like I got this new phone, right? Part of me is like, ah, I kind of just want to cut everybody out of my life and mm-hmm. never use a phone again. Yeah. Right? It's like, you can find me on Range Road 325, whatever, if you want to come have coffee sometime. <laughs> Right, right. Like there's something that that's what always happens to me when I do psychedelics or mushrooms. I'm like, I want to be disconnected from technology. Mm-hmm. Like I, I tried to play, what was it? Oh, uh, so me and my friend bought, um, battlefront two. Oh yeah. And like, I was trying to play that on my come down or whatever. And I just like, my friend left for like two minutes. I got so depressed just playing this over and over. I was like, this is so mindless. Oh yeah. This is so like, like why do I do this gaming shit at all? Right. Rational means like, well, I do it to connect with a guy that I wouldn't otherwise connect with. That's living in a different province. Yeah. Right. Like that's what, that's what people that are very anti gaming don't understand is like for a lot of guys, it is community. True. We don't go to social clubs anymore. Our social club is fucking Xbox Live or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. A, I think. I think this is just. I think this is just. Um, I think I've talked about it before, but like rejection sensitive dysphoria or whatever. I think it's just that in full effect right now. Mm. I. It's really hard for me to connect with people, and then to have that end is difficult. But it's like, it's because my brain can't think, oh, there's going to be someone else. I just don't, I don't have that mindset. I'm like, I don't know why this didn't work. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it seemed like it should work. I don't know why it worked. It didn't work for them or whatever. And so being back on dating apps and stuff, like you immediately realize like, oh, there's lots of people you'd be compatible with, but it's going through that, having to go through that same fucking stressy get to know you shit. I hate dating. I hate dating so yeah, much. True. I, will, I for me also there's the you you uh I get attached to people. Like yeah. I I don't like I don't have this like revolving door type world where I new people come in and old people leave because like the new people come in and after a while it's like, "Well, I like you. I don't want you to just disappear." Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? So well, that's what I find so insane about people listing like I want a relationship for a few months to a year. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what kind of fucking psycho are you? Like, because yeah, I'm the same way. That it's just like, so like, for example, you know, like this person wanted to be friends, right? And it's like, part of me, you know, I'm anxious avoidant, right? So the mm-hmm. avoidant part of me just wants to be like, bye, like, yeah, do yeah. not know this person, whatever. But I like I constantly have this duality of like needing to talk that part of me down to be like, look, it's difficult right now. It won't always be difficult, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not difficult hanging out with the person, but it's difficult with the idea that, like, 
this didn't go where you hoped it went. Do you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. ultimately, it's like, oh, I thought I found my person and I was done now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that part's difficult. But, like, yeah, I can still learn a lot. I'm looking for, I'm always looking for new, fr- like, good friends, right? So, it's True. like, I can still learn a lot from this person. And it's like, I need to, I can see the value in that. Like, focus on that. Don't focus on... Because I've tried to reframe over the last few years. It's not rejection of you as a person. It's just like they didn't see you as compatible. You know, like a compatibility thing. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Like the the way I look at rejection is like some people, like I've rejected some people, right? Mm -hmm. Some people it was just like this person doesn't interest me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to be friends with them. Right. And so I try to think like, what kind of comment is that on that person? And it's not much of a comment. It's more a comment on me. Like I, I couldn't find the bridge to be friends with that person. Right. It doesn't mean that person sucks. Doesn't mean that person is deaf is a, has a deficit of any kind. Mm -hmm. It's more me. I wasn't able to do it. So when other people, if other people reject me, I just take that same perspective. It was like that person couldn't find the common ground with me. Mm. They're not insightful enough to see the value that I have. Mm. And that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's all it is, right? That's a good perspective. And see, and that's probably why I'm having such a difficult time with this is I'm usually the person that does break up with people. Mm, or yeah. does end it like yeah, I'm yeah, usually yeah. the one that doesn't like I'm like this isn't going to be a, a long term thing yeah and so just t- t- try to think more about your reasons for doing that right try to think about why you reject people in your life yeah I, I, but that's the thing it's it's there's two people 36 year old me chill this is, this is what happens who yeah. gives a shit 15 year old me is like the emotional whatever just like i'm sad i like fuck this like why me look you know just like mopey and shit and it's like oh my god just fucking yeah true i i mean i was like that with particularly with women when i was younger it's just like getting rejected by a girl was just the worst thing Mm -hmm. like would just destroy me for a while right well, that's the thing. So like that happened, you would think I'm desensitized to it mm. happening because of how many times it used to happen in life. But like Christian girls were the worst, mm. the worst for leading guys on. They're just like, what? I didn't even know that you would even be into Oh my God. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. You're the fucking, you're the <laughs> devil incarnate. Like all of you guys know exactly what you're doing. You, you want all the like attention of a boyfriend but then like once the guy's like hey do you want to date they're like uh i actually you know yeah i didn't i didn't see you like that it's like oh my god anyways you would think i'm like desensitized to rejection i I do need to just go get rejected more that's for sure that definitely is the case yeah but i mean yeah for me it's like to to all the women out there if you want some permanent space in my brain just reject me 
Because I will think about it for years. Just be like, fuck's sakes. That God, like, like yeah. I, I swear, women that rejected me in, in university. It, like, I, the other day I was just thinking about one of them. Just like, how fucking stupid it was, that, that, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I can't. It's the worst. It's it, the worst. You remember, like, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, ultimately, you know, I, I'm in a... a a loving relationship and I, I assume they are too right and so I'm probably ultimately if pressed about it I'm happy for all the people that I've known in my life that have found someone mm-hmm. right even if that someone wasn't me mm-hmm. so see that's the thing I'm wondering like that th- I think that's one question I'm struggling with is like so if this, I mean, this person's still dating other people, I assume, right? So it's like, ah, uh, like, is she really not going to be able to talk to me about that? Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. so I, I've realized that something that I'm actually gifted with that other people see more as like a controlling thing. I don't see it that way, but I can highly compartmentalize like life. Oh, okay. So yeah. like, I don't need to talk to you about something to be me. Right. So like, say you didn't want to hear about gaming, right? I'd be mm-hmm. like, cool. I don't talk to you about gaming. That's not like it's, but for some people it's like, well, you're rejecting me. Cause that's part of me. And like gaming's a big part of my life. And I'm just like, just get other friends that like to hear about gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I don't get it. There, there's, there, there's some people that are just like, this is me. And I, you need to hear all about everything. Well, I think some people, th- it goes back to that whole thing about being really into something, right? Some people are, they only have so much brain space to to talk about. So because they're so into hiking or whatever, they have to talk about it to people because otherwise they don't have anything else to say. Mm. Right. That's, that's how I, I see it. Mm. Like I'm, cause I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing my life in the same way but that's also because i have such a a varied life like i i don't go too deep into anything so chances are i can probably find something to talk about with some other person right right yeah maybe that it actually you bring up a good point maybe it is just that those people don't have much else to talk about or don't yeah yeah, and like it, like that is their their comfort zone. It is, and and you know what I'll say. One thing I'll say is it's it's not even a a, a judgment on them. Like I I often wish, I often wonder is like, am I, do I sort of stay away from being too obsessed with one thing because I I'm afraid that I'm going to cut myself off from such a huge portion of society, right? Like, is it has my whole life been just me worried that if I'm too into something, people are going to look at me funny or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like the people that can do that, that do get really obsessed and and can just lose themselves in a few things. I I kind of admire those people. Oh, for sure. I wish I've, I've always said, I wish I could be that passionate about something. Yeah. Like when people are just like, man, I'm telling you, I have a crazy laser disconnect. Like, Totally. this collection yeah. <laughs> and like i get that everyone else thinks this is outdated technology but like this is my shit yeah i spend my week 
thrifting for laser discs and whatever. I wish I could be that dude. Yeah, me too. I just don't care enough about any one thing. Yeah. Also, as far as the comfort zone thing, I totally get that. Like, if I went on a date and my date insisted talking about soccer, I would be way more comfortable talking about soccer and spouting insane ideas Mm. than any other lane we could possibly talk about. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. I'm highly knowledgeable in that, right? So it's right. like I get why people would feel discomfort talking about certain things. Like I'm sure I think it would be naive of me to assume that like there's nothing I wouldn't talk about. Mm. But there's for sure stuff I wouldn't talk about with pe- want to talk about with people. Yeah, yeah. And like that's often what I I struggle with like when I do date is I don't actually tell people anything. Like I'm not mm. honest. Yeah. I'm trying to hold back shit for as long as I possibly can is typically how it goes. But what are you holding back? Um, things like I'm super anxious. Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Shit well, like that. It, like, or just, just, yeah. It's trying to hide everything. Trying to hide what I see as bad. Isn't that what dating's all about? <laughs> it is. That's what we're all doing, right? It is. But I, like, I feel like I do it exceptionally well because of the like i like to play a character almost yeah yeah or like it feels more comfortable to play this like like if any of my friends saw first date me they might be like why don't we why don't you ever ask me questions Mm. like you constantly ask people questions on dates because then it means you don't have to talk yeah right And they're like, why don't you add, like, I would like to answer those questions. You don't ask me those co- questions at coffee. We just fucking talk or whatever. Uh, right. So it's like, it's not, it's not, that version of me is not the version of me that's the version you're going to know in like three months. I'm not going to ask you constant questions and be super attentive and listening and whatever. Because it's not me. It's, yeah. it's just not. I can listen to people talk about things that. I find interesting. Like if you talk to me about magic for an hour, I'll be interested in that. Mm. If you talk to me about like the newest coding technique, I'll be like, mm, yeah, tell me how this is applicable to my life or I'm going to be bored yeah. out of my mind. That's fair. <laughs> I, I mean, I think dating, I mean, dating the way we do it in North America is probably completely garbage, right? Like, I don't know if this is true, but I, I've heard that in, at least in Europe, it's, it's very common for people just to date friends of friends or people that they kind of already know. Mm-hmm. Like you're not meeting someone for the first time mm-hmm. on your first date. And I mean, when I think about, you know, the people that I've dated, it's, they've all been that way. It's always been someone that I've, I've already kind of known. And mm-hmm. anytime I've tried to do like first date internet things, it's never gone well mm-hmm. at all, right? Well, that's the thing, right? Like I, we don't have we don't have a setup culture here. Yeah, like we don't have friends setting up with friends. I remember when I first came down here, I was like, I need to meet female friends who will introduce me yeah. to their friends, right? Because right? that is like the most natural way that it would go, right? Mm-hmm. But then I do meet these women, and it's like that never happens. Yeah. And so I'm always like, is that because it's me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's when I start to get in the, my head about like, are like, 
would they otherwise set you up, like set you up with someone, but it's like, ah, you're oh, mentally yeah. <laughs> ill fuck face. And like, I don't want to subject my friend to you. No, I, I think it's, you're right. We don't have that culture here because we've been told that the whole internet dating world is kind of built on a lie that, that this is even possible. I think it's possible for a very small percentage of people that that a certain personality type it's it's great for but the vast majority of people it's like we think oh that there's potential soulmates just a a, a swipe away mm-hmm. but in reality that's it's all set up to just be a way to get us on their app it's not really a way for us to to meet people yeah that's what I real. That's what I realized with the the like, paying for it or anything like that. It's like yeah. they're not incentivized to have you get off the app. Right, right. Like so, like that's why that. I think we talked about it on here, but like that's why Hinge's campaign went really well. Was it was like we want you to delete us. Oh yeah. Like yeah. they had all these a series of ads and stuff, being like, we don't want to be on your phone after a year. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We want you to find whatever. Um, but other, most other dating apps have a pay system. So it's like, why would they ever want you to find exactly. people? Yeah. And, and the whole, the whole notion is, is wrong, right? Like you can't, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm the, in the minority because I struggled so much with that system that it just, it like literally not once did I, I never got a relationship out of internet dating, mm. right? And I'm the most cyber minded, internet connected person out there. I spend large por- portions of my time on the internet mm-hmm. and internet dating has 100% failed for me. Mm. So I, I don't know. I feel like it's, there's something definitely wrong with that system to me i think it's the only way i've met people yeah but but like each time i've used it like and i've been like ready for a relationship it's been like the first person that i like swipe on oh yeah like every time Mm. like uh yeah like my first uh yeah no actually i've had a mix i've had a mix actually of being introduced to people or on the internet yeah yeah i mean for me it's it's a the problem is is like there's the promise of a of you the perfect soulmate out there but it's also like i don't get enough information from the profile to care enough to pursue that person mm. right that was always a, a struggle for me it's like unless the woman was like drop dead gorgeous mm-hmm. but then that woman is getting a million messages so i get lost in the well, you see that—that's right? the other thing about apps that I think I think one of the reasons they brought in how many swiping mm. you can do is because guys were you know just having swipe right on every single girl. Yeah, and so every girl was getting overwhelmed with like thousands of matches, right? Yeah, like anyone they swipe right on, it matches, right? Yeah, instantly, and so like that's a that's its own anxiety, right? Like you you want to match, but you also kind of. You don't want to match with every single person. Like, that would be like, holy fuck. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. But even still, like, I would match with someone 
and then I would read their profile. Like I would match on them because I thought they were attractive, mm-hmm. right? That's how I would just, if this person's attractive, this person's not blah, blah, blah. So I'd match with someone. Great. I find this person traffic attractive. I read their profile and I'm like, there's nothing here that makes me want to talk to this person. Okay. So you, I mean, you've given me insight that is different than how I do dating apps. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why you had bad experiences. Yeah. 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 Is I always like, I always go, yeah. Is the person attractive, but I always scroll down mm-hmm. to see a profile. I don't just swipe at random because I know more often than not, it's going to be like, I'm just a country girl that yeah, yeah. loves guys <laughs> with pickup trucks. It's like, okay, like I, you know, like why, <laughs> right, exactly. would, why would I waste one of my 20 swipes on this person? Yeah. But it, but unfortunately for me, it's like there almost never was a profile. Like I just, I, there just wasn't enough there to work with. Right. Like I, even if, are you talking about Tinder specifically? Yeah, Tinder. I, I had definitely had better luck with OkCupid because yeah. they they go for longer profiles on OkCupid. Um, but even still, like all the all the dates that I had were from OkCupid. Yeah. But the, the dates never. I think I had maybe one time I had a second date out of it, and yeah. then it fizzled off. Right. After that. So I don't know. Just never worked out for me. Right. But I, but I also feel like you're in some sense, like me, you're a, at a bar, you're a different person than you are trying to be on a date. Right. So like at a bar, like this, this goes back to like the, I feel like alcohol is like a window into the soul kind of shit. So if you're an angry person, you're going to be an angry drunk. If you're a happy person, you're going to be happy. Yeah. I I really believe that. And so I think when me and you are actually like not caring and kind of just ourselves, it's way more attractive to women than this anxious dude that kind of didn't sleep well, that's showing up and trying to do the right thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Fit in these boxes, whatever. But I mean, like that's what I say. It's a, it's a specific, particular type of person that can find success Mm -hmm. because how am I not supposed to be that person on a first date Mm -hmm. with a stranger? Like, obviously I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be fidgety and, and like a little less authentic because I feel kind of nervous about this Mm -hmm. whole circumstance. And it's like that sort of behavior is obviously a, a turnoff for women, right? Just that's but this biology, is where you gotta, right? This is where you got to life hack it. This is my new plan. So my new plan is when I go on a date, it's going to be for drinks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go have a pint or whatever before they show up. Yeah. And yeah. by the time they show up, I will definitely be in a, maybe this will work out. Maybe it won't. I don't really give a shit kind sure. of mentality, yeah. which is not my normal. I'm like, this has to work. I hope, you know, like there's too much pressure on it that normally would be there with anxiety. Yeah. Just like a, you spent all the, all the time stressing about texting back and forth to get to this date. Don't fuck it up. Whatever. Mm -hmm. There's all this like insane pressure on. And like, I have that issue of pedestaling people. 
like this person's way better than me. What have, what are they doing? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's not until I'm actually on the date that I'm like, Oh, they're just a, per-, like, they're just a person. And if alcohol is involved, I'm also like way more comfortable in sharing things that I'm actually into or thoughts that I actually have or, Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's really is giving a person exactly who I actually am. The person that you would probably see in three months. Yeah. Yeah. In a moment. That's, that's a this good is my new game it. plan anyway. Yeah. It could go super poorly though, where I could just go get trashed and be like, hello. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, that might be, keep hitting this thing. That might be the thing that would happen for me. Um, just like, I, I, I don't know. I, I tried a, a go, going back to the benzodiazepines. I tried taking a benzo once to mm-hmm. before an internet date and it went much better. Um, I think I, I think it unintentionally made me a lot more boring though. So there was that. There were, uh, there's a specific podcast I was thinking about recently. Rick Glassman had Bobby Lee on and Bobby mm. Lee took like a benzo or whatever. And, and Rick was just like, what is going on? Why are you so boring? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like Bobby explained, he took this whatever. And he's like, well, can you not do that and come over tomorrow? Like what, mm-hmm. it, what the fuck is this? And so they, they like released this whole like boring episode. <laughs> well, that's cool. That, that means my instincts were correct yeah yeah yeah. that's the thing well that's that's the other thing is i like i've always thought like what would i look like on video on a first date and i bet i'm like super stiff Mm -hmm. just like very like robotic it's like nothing at all like my personality yeah yeah. I don't know how people go and like kind of be themselves on a first date. That's something I'm still trying to like work on doing. Cause it's like, I don't want to get into a situation like my girlfriend pre pandemic, which was like, this person doesn't even know who I am. Like yeah. I managed to hide all the things that I subconsciously knew we would break up over. Yeah. Right. Reading that attachment book has been huge by the way. But I, I now think about it a lot. Yeah. Well, the thing I'll say about internet dating is like y- y- hearing you talk, it's like it's, it would seem as though you have a lot more success with internet dating. Um, but it, that's not really true because you don't have a long-term relationship. Um, so it's like, it's like, th- it's, it's sort of this weird circumstance where the people who are the most successful getting through the first couple dates are the people who've had the most amount of practice mm-hmm. doing it. But if you've had a lot of practice, that means that there's some other thing in your life, which is preventing that relationship from becoming a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like the people that, so the people that are most successful at internet dating are the ones that are least successful at actual dating because it didn't lead anywhere. I mean, that's one way to look at it, but they, they also could just be very picky. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But I think there's a lot of, like you say, serial monogamists out there who just go from person to person and they be by virtue of their trade. If you want to call it that they get really good at internet dating because they're just doing it so much. Mm -hmm. Right. But that's the thing. It's like, particularly for, from a from a woman's perspective she goes on a first date 
the guy is nervous as hell, but he maybe just got out of a relationship that was eight years long, Mm -hmm. right? And it doesn't go well for him. She goes on another date with a guy that is smooth as butter, but his relationship lasts like three months at a time, right? I I definitely think apps do a disservice to women for sure Mm. by giving this, I've talked about it before, but like this, like the, it's not an illusion. There is a lot of dudes into you, but I think it, it causes your ego to get inflated in a way that doesn't allow for like, if this is the only guy that's, that's matched with you, I think you go into the date being a little more forgiving of weird things, whatever. Right. And so like, that's why I feel like it's a disservice is that like, you know, a girl could go on like 40 dates in a week if she wants to. But I think, I think all that does is like, it sets this bar higher and higher as to what's like, what you're looking for and whatever. And like, maybe someone will, maybe someone will finally hit your bar. But like, you're, I think you're like, there's a lot of human stuff where a person can get a totally wrong read of you the first time. And so like be, having that little bit of like forgiveness for weird or whatever, I'd like to see where this goes. Not this like ending just because one date was weird. Yeah. I, I had a, I remember a while back I had a thought about building a dating website that did, you know, gamification mm-hmm. where you, you add like, elements of say like a rpg into it or something like Mm -hmm. that and i thought we could have a system where you have to level up in order to message women right so just it keeps women from going from just getting a flood of of messages Mm -hmm. so it's like you have to be level five or something and what what would you do for levels i was thinking you would there would be various um things on the site that would uh help build the profiles of other people so like you would rate photos or you would comment on or you would tag um different words to people's profiles so that it makes it easier when you do have the ability to find someone Mm -hmm. you have all this metadata now that you can use because Mm -hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. else has been building all the metadata mm-hmm. to level up. Now we, it's super easy to search for whoever you want, right? Right. That was my idea. Just to give it it's out different. to the universe yeah. if anyone wants to build that. Well, that's the thing. I, I've, I've often thought like dating apps are definitely a space that could be improved for sure. Yeah. I, thought, I remember having an idea at one point around like you're only allowed your friends to make your profile. So it's some system where like you send out this short questionnaire and it builds your profile and you have no, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can't cut out that thing that like you really like turtles that you're uncomfortable. You really like turtles because all your friends have said you really like fucking turtles, you know? And so it's, it's putting your most you self out there, not curated Mm -hmm. in any way. Right. I feel like that would be a pretty good dating app. Yeah, like one of the ones, one of the ones I thought about was, um, is like you, when you create your profile, you think of ten words to describe yourself, mm. right? And then other people have to guess what those words are, 
and then what their guesses are are what gets displayed on your profile. Mm. So it inadvertently makes people more honest about what they think of who you are because they're trying to guess what words you chose. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like saying, actually tell me what I really am, but take away the, the responsibility of it coming from you. Make it seem like it's coming from me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, see, this is why I wish I knew anything about software development or anything. Mm. But again, it's like, it's like our, what we were talking about last week that we could, Oh, the, the only fans thing. Oh, so yeah. like we could come up with a rival site, but like you got to get the word out there. Dating apps, it's the same game. Totally. It's like totally. all who uses it and how do you get women onto it? Yeah, right? you could have the best site ever, but if you don't have a way to build that initial, because it's, it's like the problem is, is like nobody, if someone comes to a website and there's nobody on it, they don't join up. Right. Yeah. So it becomes a, a self perpetuating problem. Yeah. Cause right? I, I remember checking uh, one that seemed like a really good idea. It's kind of freaky in practice. I'm sh- and I'm sure this is why it never took off, but like it would know you, your location and mm. like who you pot- passed by and whatever. And so like it would like show you people within your actual area. Yeah, yeah. But like I immediately went to like, oh, stalkers could absolutely oh, yeah, that abuse the good. shit out of this. <laughs> and then there was another one called like Hilly or Highlight or mm, something. Never heard of it. Seemed like way better platform than all these other three, but it still just, it did, didn't have users because obviously they just don't have the capital to be competing yeah. against Bumble and Tinder. So what do you think about, so a few years ago, it's probably a, more you than should a, do an MBTI dating. Oh, people have tried many. There's many out there already. We can, Maybe we could do it better. I don't know. Maybe that's why I've also had successful dates through online dating is most of the people that I end up dating are INFJs who say mm-hmm. I'm an INFJ. Yeah. So it's like I know personality-wise. Well, there's definitely, I'm pretty sure there are some MBTI-based dating apps out there but i don't know you just limit the the number of people the number of potential matches right yeah but i can't stress this enough jason i'm not ending up with a type that's not enfp or infj all right fair enough <laughs> like, um, it's just there's no chance yeah but the, the what i wanted to ask you about was uh, uh there was an app that had come out a while back that was kind of like yelp but for people how did how do you feel about that? I mean, I remember the Black Mirror episode around that. Yeah, the, well, the Black Mirror episode was like a social credit system. Yeah, where you know if someone pisses you off, you can dock them points and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But what do you? How is this different? What do you think about one where you can actually leave reviews about a person? So, like, if you're on a dating website, you go on a date with this person, you can now say oh three out of ten this person was rude to the the waitress Mm -hmm. how do you feel about it's highly problematic (laughs) do you yeah well i mean take like because it's like the me too movement right so it's like people like aziz ansari right yeah get dragged into this thing because one person's like it's too powerful is what i mean yeah so like one person's opinion really matters when we're thinking 
like trying to be like constructive about a person. Yeah. We're not having like an override being like, well, this is one person that maybe had a bad experience. Yeah. See, I feel like if, if we did, have, if there was an app where you could leave reviews on people that you've dated, I would do significantly better mm. on that app than I've done on apps that currently exist. Right. Mm. Because I could just imagine my, my reviews would be like, nice guy, no chemistry. That would be every single review. <laughs> where So people would be like, okay, well, he's a nice guy, right? Yeah. And eventually, whereas everyone else would be right. like, dude ghosted me, dude was an asshole, dude said this, yeah. right? So like all of a sudden, all of those smooth as butter guys out there that do it really well. That's what's, that's what's amazing to me is that the word doesn't seem to get out mm. to younger women, especially. Yeah. If a dude is really fucking smooth, really fucking good at this, he does it all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. He's exactly. done this a lot in his life. Like he is not going to be your one and only whatever for right now, at least, you know? Yeah. What I mean? But women like experience, right? They want skill and, and stuff like that, right? But like they, there's not a single girl that I know that has not avoided dating a douche, like a true, true. douche. Yeah. And it's just like, how did you not see that? I don't know if it's just because of the gender thing. Like, cause like I know a douchey guy from a not douchey guy. You yeah. know, I know who's going to go out and like fuck women around and ghost and whatever. Totally. But it's Super like, easy. <laughs> yeah, but like women just don't see that. And so it's probably the same with us and like, oh, he's going to go for this trashy girl, but this trashy girl has crazy emotional problems and he's going to like burn his clothes. Right. But he, you know, he, why can't he see it? Yeah. Well, you get blinded, right? I think women, cause, cause for women, it's like you have a choice between the inexperienced, nervous, uh, dude that it's just that's not attractive to them at all mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. having confidence having all of that is very attractive to them so they know even though they might know this person's probably a douche they just keep falling for it right mm -hmm. just like you say like we do the same <sighs> thing it's like me and these stupid avoidant girls yeah avoidant girls are so fucking hot to me and they're they're always fucking it's right. it, without like every reality show I watch, I watch it until there's always this point. I'm always just like, of course the girl I find hot is super avoidant and having mm -hmm. a difficult time talking about her feelings now with this person or like running away from this situation or doing all this avoidant behavior. I fuck. How do you recalibrate that shit? Yeah. I have no idea how to even begin, but Thank you for listening to the Winners Do Drugs podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at winnersdodrugspodcast at gmail.com or you can visit our subreddit, winnersdodrugspod, on reddit.com.